Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Red Gringos. <laughs> well, uh, Liverpool faced off Chelsea <laughs> this past week, and I mean, they were expensive, uh, but not a problem for, for the Reds. I'm your host, Phil Bakke, and I'm joined, as always, by Pat Staley. Pat, what's going yeah, on, yeah. man? Frank Lampard's not expensive. He just likes really, really nice things, you know, <laughs> to, to kick off to kick off the Drake song. Could have led with that. I, I no. thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it. But no, it, feeling feeling good after a dub. Yeah, it well, and it's one. I mean, I think we talked about it, and we'll get more into it. But like, this is a this is a fixture that we both loathe. Chelsea away oh, yeah. is like a absolute nightmare so to to be on a positive side of a chelsea away and we've been doing it with regularity recently oh yeah well i can't remember i might be way off but was it like maybe one loss in the last either six matches or six years something like that like something something nice track record that we're building against the blues and and uh scoring some some just quality goals while we're while we're at it, um, the bridge has seen has seen some screamers. Not so much this time around. It was more of the passing move. Um, yeah. But we'll get to all that in a bit. Uh, first, we got oh. very important business to attend to. Mm-hmm. Pick your poison. It's it's a episode by episode tradition. What are you rocking today? So we're doing it. We're doing it a little differently, right? So it's almost you know I feel like we're on almost a two drink minimum. For, for today. So I just <laughs> polished off, you know, one of my go-to loggers, Colomita. Um, but I'm doing it differently. Right now I'm busting out some of the good stuff for this Ooh. episode of Two Red I got a uh, McAllen triple cask 12. So let me know if you can hear this. I don't know. <laughs> not really, but... <laughs> not not quite the emphasis I wanted. Popping uh, bottles. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say literally, but I, I don't think it's it's literal. I opened it, so but no, that's that's what I'm rocking today. So, so I, yeah, I I enjoy that. Um, I actually, it's funny. I I thought like maybe we should go cocktails for this one, uh, <laughs> or break out some of the good stuff, as you said. Um, We're on the same page. I I. Uh, I, I refrained from the Woodford tonight. I was going to do, do some bourbon, um, but uh, I'm sticking, I'm sticking, I'm staying on theme. Um, on brand. It is uh, September, getting towards the end of September. Ooh. And is it time? And your boy. No, it is not time. <laughs> We've talked about this. We've talked about right. this at length. All right. For All anyone right. who doesn't know what we're talking you about. You got my hopes up. You got my hopes We've up. got pumpkin beer content from like years ago. Um, it, it's not time, but it is time and nearly time in Munich for Oktoberfest. There you go. And uh, I'm not rocking like a Munich version or anything like that, but in honor of our new number six, Tiago arriving from Munich, we're celebrating Oktoberfest with a nice <laughs> Oktoberfest lager from uh, Ernest Brewing Company here in here in Toledo. Um, okay, keeping it local, but uh, solid, solid brew. 
nice, yeah. nice brewery as well. And, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm honoring our, our classy new DM with, uh, with a, a beer from his, his former employers, uh, there you go. <laughs> region. So that's my, family. that's my take. Baki family, no stranger. Yeah. <laughs> no stranger to the, uh, to the old Oktoberfest, yeah. but. And yeah. only you could keep it both local and German. Yeah. At the same time. I don't, know <laughs> I don't know about only me, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I have, a, have that way about me. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Um, so before we dive in to the, the win over Chelsea and kind of this, uh, what this performance I think means for, for Liverpool, um, and a few of their players, we had a little bit of a weird moment this weekend. Arlo White was commentating Aston Villa versus Sheffield United at Villa Park. And a tweet was posted by Arlo with a pretty shocking moment. <laughs> and Pat, you haven't seen this. No. Do you mind telling our listeners why you haven't seen it? I can't pinpoint exactly what it was, but roughly a year or so ago, I was blocked by Arlo White. I'm not sure what it said. Probably, you know, just general abuse that we typically hurl towards Arlo, you know, until he went, until he went on our, our, our other favorite pod, the black red sin. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's, now I wish I could get back on his good side, but you know, <laughs> here I am still blocked, completely ignorant to the fact that he was, uh, uh, attacked by a bee or a wasp. Or a hornet, <laughs> so that is, that is exactly what happened. And I'm going to show Pat this tweet, uh, for the first time now, but Arlo white tweeted career first, Stung by a wasp live on air, accompanied <laughs> by an image. Oh no! Of a oh. nice little welt on his neck. Yeah, a lot of skin in that picture. You know, when your first, <laughs> when your eyes are are closing in on it, you're you're not quite sure where Arlo got hit. But um, no, it's it's PG. It's PG. Yeah. So my question for you is: We jo- He says it's a wasp. I made a joke on Twitter about it being a Hornet and our Watford trying to get revenge for going down last season, <laughs> or is this be some sort of divine retribution against Arlo for your block on Twitter? A bit of both. A bit of both. <laughs> I would, I would like to think personally that I have leveled some justice towards him through nature and that, you know, now, now I think we're even for him blocking me. I, I like how I phrase that question as if those are the only two things that it can be. And it can't possibly be some random act. No, no. If, if there's pain delivered towards Arlo, it came initially from me via Twitter. He blocked me. And then this was the, uh, the, the impact of that action. <laughs> we bookended it. The know, butterfly the physical, effect. Physical and psychological pain. The butterfly effect, or in this case, <laughs> the wasp effect. The wasp flaps its... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't a know. wasp stings a British guy's neck in Birmingham. 
<laughs> in, a, in a gringo in Mexico City feels that, you know, all is right in the world. <laughs> Justice is served. No, that's uh, it is crazy because reading the replies, Arlo, uh, it was like while he was speaking and I haven't pinpointed this clip from the match, okay, but it, gotta go back. it yeah. might be worth it to to try to find the moment that he was stung um, because apparently he didn't swear or anything, which I think could be is better than could be said if either of us was stung during this podcast. Yeah. Before we started, a mosquito was buzzing me and I flipped out. So, <laughs> you know, say, say what you will about Arlo. And I certainly have. Yeah. <laughs> Man's a model professional. Yeah, absolute Consummate, consummate professional. <laughs> Um, so Arlo avoiding, avoiding bees at Villa park, but, uh, but Liverpool fully taking on Chelsea at Stamford bridge, um, not shying away from this matchup at all. And there's a little bit of a, of a dichotomy here, I think between Liverpool and Chelsea, um, Chelsea, obviously, rose to prominence in the mid two thousands off the back of, you know, Roman Abramovich, like buying the club and, and pumping loads of cash into it. A la, you know, city football group, you know, insert billionaire slash country here, um, in world football. But there was a little bit of a, a moment in this match or the, the feel about this match was, I think pre-match Chelsea, had this opportunity to show just what the investment of this past summer meant in terms of tangible product on the field. And I think this match was a chance for Liverpool and ultimately showed that there's a lot of earning that Chelsea still have to do on the field before they reach the level that Liverpool are currently at. Yeah, I, I love the way it was framed either. I, I'm not sure when the publication came out, but it was in The Guardian um, about, you know, <laughs> obviously we liked it because I think they call him Tory, Tory Frank or Tory Boy Frank and that. too. Yeah. So how do we set it up? Like, you know, we didn't <laughs> want to feed too much into the rivalry, but anytime we can say Tory Boy Frank versus how did you coin Klopp? <laughs> Comrade Klopp. <laughs> comrade club right or the you know the big spending the privilege versus this self-made club in light of that we do have you know a more expensive starting 11 let's just say that but it it is that theme that you kind of mentioned what is what's been done the right way and with all the finances coming out i think we even talked about it last time you know how how is this being framed so the rivalry the rivalry is there right you know it's not it's not our most heated I'd certainly United city above it, but Mm -hmm. it's still, there's this level of hatred that's involved with it. Sure. That's not yet there with city, right? It might be getting there just because of recent times, but now Chelsea are like the, not the original hated club, but you know, more bad blood there to kind of fuel it. But there there certainly isn't some rivalry between Klopp and Lampard because that's disrespectful to Klopp because Lampard, is shit and hasn't done shit <laughs> <laughs> in his time, but still we're nervy. We're nervy going into Chelsea anytime. Yeah. And I, I think what you said, I think we, you know, we have the more expensive starting 11 now in the sense that like our players are more valuable. Yeah. Um, I know we've spent plenty of money over the years, but as you said, 
there's a level of, um, I guess intention around the club and the way in which there is no, we're not splashing out a a world record fee on a keeper who is, I was calling him up until this point, Basque Mignolet. Um, but I think he's reached the level of Basque Carius. No. Yeah. But it's (laughs) not, it's almost worse, right? Like Carius, Carius is worse in this regard of like, you know, biggest game of his career. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, cascades into this failure that is now with him and defines his career. Right. Right. But there's a difference between that and Carius leading up to that being a really good keeper and and helping us get to that stage. Right. Right. Obviously we had to swap out, but kept like, even (laughs) like he was at it with, Okay, who's the the, the sorry sorry right sorry so that yeah. was sorry like now I'm staying on the pitch and it just <laughs> ever since then he was probably shit before we didn't see it as much but no he's he's in his own kind of comical level now of it's not even like one or two off but it's just so consistent that right. it's it's just a horrific purchase yeah right and it's just I don't know. It's this notion that you just spend, spend, spend. And I think Chelsea really is run. It is really like a modern day FIFA club, right? Where you're just rotating out parts and pieces. They do generate a lot in sales because that's the same thing we do in FIFA, right? Oh, let me spend five, 10, 20 million on youngsters and we'll sell them off for the same or maybe profit later on. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a, it's not a model that you can <laughs> replicate because it's so heavily emphasized like the spending and the influence of you know we can call it oil money or an right. oligarch for whatever lack of better term but that's where the funds are coming from right it's not generated through a sustainable model and so this is kind of like the core of how these two squads have been funded um, <laughs> between just bulk spending as opposed to smart spending and selling yeah and i and i think kepa is like the most obvious example obviously because Liverpool bring in Allison Becker and it's, you know, buying a world-class keeper, like who any, any club would was like drooling over and they, they threw the money at Roma. And, and I think a little bit was uh, like a gratuity for Mo Salah as well. Cause it's like, <laughs> we only paid 30 for him. So we like, owe you some additional, well, we owe you an extra 20 or 30. Yeah. Um, but he was already established as one of the best keepers in Europe. And, and yeah. I think um, the, the fact that Chelsea then went out and splashed more money on a less established keeper, albeit younger, but hadn't, you know, Allison had just played in the semifinals of the Champions League and Kepa was at Bilbao. So it's like the at the end of the day, like it w- it's so reactionary in the way yeah. that it's done. And even the targets that Chelsea, I don't know if this has really like made it into the football Twitter consciousness yet, but do you remember like back in the day when Tottenham would be in for like every target? Oh yeah. Of ours. Right, right on our heels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Chelsea now seem to be, taking up that mantle where it was like we were interested in Werner and then we got priced out of it by, by Chelsea. Yeah. You know, interested, uh, 
r- rumors like we're interested in Havertz or United's in- interested in Havertz, Chelsea just lump a bunch of money at him, like yeah. $96 million or whatever they paid, like 80 million pounds. So, um, and it may work out like in time it may, they may become, and I think with Werner and, and Havertz, like they have amazing players. Yeah. You said it during halftime when we were, well, chatting on discord and yeah. then <laughs> take a break and then going back into the streams, but yeah. you said it to, like they're quality, they're quality players, right? We know that and we'll see that. So it's not, I yeah. think it's too, it's just this notion of like, you know, it's horrific. Even the Kepa piece is such a horrific, uh, it feels so reactionary. I don't know how much scouting went into that, but what you see consistently over the past couple of seasons, it's like, it, it's just an abject failure. And I, probably the worst transfer of all time has to be it, right. Just given, yeah. given how bad he's been given the price tag that's associated with it. So I don't know. The is different than like, what Chelsea or I can't remember who swooped on Willian, but then Tottenham or no <laughs> Tottenham swooped Liverpool, on Willian. Liverpool agreed a fee and he flew to London to talk terms. He agreed a contract with Tottenham once he got there and was doing a physical and then signed for Chelsea at like the last yeah. minute. Maybe the doctor was just working Undercover. He or she were just working with like both Tottenham and Chelsea and said like, guys, this, you know, here's my verdict. But yeah, it, you know, it's not Willian, it's not Dempsey, those tongue, but with these, it almost feels like, you know, the, the price tag or whatever, like Renner wasn't talking about Chelsea for months leading up right. to the transfer. He was talking about Liverpool, right? So it yeah. just, it goes to show, and maybe this is even like factoring in the Tiago coming on too. Mm-hmm it's just different scenarios, right? When we missed out on them, obviously Liverpool Twitter were up in arms, you know, until you bring in a few other players too. So right. yeah, it's just, <laughs> it, 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 it feels similar because the price tags of the squads are similar, but it is, it, it's a completely different way of going about things. And even what we see on the pitch, it, it just a, a completely different product of where we're at compared to Chelsea. And as we dive into the to the match itself, I, I think really there's there's obviously a lot of performances to talk about all over the field. Um, but I think we can distill a lot of the performance down to to three main characters, if you will. Um, yeah. And first, uh, as the match played out, I, I want to get because in the first half, it was obviously zero zero and throughout much of the first half, there was Liverpool dominating the ball, Chelsea sitting deep and, and looking to break. Um, there's been a lot of talk on football Twitter of it being even in the first half. Would you have, do you think that Chelsea's game plan was effective up until the point of the red card. I'll probably say yes, but it's, I'm going to say yes with this notion of Chelsea can't play their game, right? Last thing that we talked about, what defines like a great club and the best clubs in the world is that they play their style. They play their game, no matter who you play and the best club will always kind of rise to the top and will dictate the style of play and the tempo. And mm-hmm. Liverpool 
always, always do that, right? You could say city matches them, you know, fire the way they look to close out last season. Maybe that <laughs> start this season, maybe that too. Yeah. But I mean, that's it. Like every single squad bar city is going to line up the exact same way. And mm-hmm. it's not even, I don't even know if Chelsea is, is thinking that's their approach, but you're subdued into that. So with it, it, it almost kind of felt like, you know, what earlier clock before we adjusted after Tottenham, where the extremely high line and the tight pressing style where there were some opportunities that opened up. And mm-hmm. so specifically, I think as it relates to Fabinho, I'm going to take credit for his performance because <laughs> as it's happening live, what, it, what do I tweet? Like, you know, Fabinho beaten for pace a couple of times, which he was, but as we see Gomez, as we see Matip and, and kind of what, what they might lack Gomez, like, you know, kind of aerial tracking, Matip at times struggled maybe to keep that high line um, and maybe Fabinho too, but the adjustment he made was incredible. So I'll give credit to Chelsea as it plays out. Like we're not necessarily creating chances, but what was Mo or Bobby creates a couple just, or I think it was Mo, maybe both just right across goal, right? A couple shots. Mm-hmm. We definitely dictated play, but if that's the problem with that style of approach is that it's, it's almost classic Mourinho right? You, you can be by far the superior team, try to hoof one and get in behind the defense mm-hmm. and you can grab a result. So results are ultimately more important, but we are dictating play with, you know, against just about every team in the world right now still. And you mentioned Fabinho, the first of the main characters uh, of this, of this performance. And as you said, his performance at center back wasn't perfect in the way that I think we've, we've seen this kind of like effortless perfection from the likes of Virgil van Dyke. It's not fair. It's not fair. Right. (laughs) So judging Fabinho's performance at center back from a fair point of view and not expecting that, I think what's so kind of, amazing about this performance is Werner is 100% Chelsea's outlet and throughout the game yeah. they're they're trying yeah. desperately to get him into goal scoring situations a couple of times you see Werner in kind of the stereotypical like perfect place where he's one-on-one with an isolated center back yeah, And he would absolutely relish those opportunities. And I'm sure in Germany scored boatloads of goals from those sorts of situations. Fabinho on more than one occasion reads exactly what Werner's going to do and wins the ball most importantly. So, I mean, what is it about Fabinho that made him so good, I guess, in those moments? My my gut instinct was that he's playing center back like a defensive midfielder, right? So it's not just the way Virgil does it where he's very – it's not cautionary, but he just – he gives you no outlet, right? You can't get by him. You can't dribble past him. You know, he'll shut it down completely. And it was almost as if, like, Fabinho sees – I think it was just twice. And, and we're not talking like he's blown out of the water, but it's also Werner here who's just like, you know – crushes it uh, on on the counter but what he adapted to was okay i have to be more aggressive in my approach and you almost see loverin would play like that aerially but like fabinho would attack like 
you know, play it so that maybe it wasn't quite a sideline, but attack it as the pass is coming in, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, what we typically do of let them receive it, let our organization kind of dictate and push them out too. So Werner was in more than once a couple dangerous positions. Um, if Fabinho just kind of shut him down by, you know, reading it effectively, but then throughout the rest of the match, everything that came in was just, you know, tackles immediately there. And luckily, you know, like us, we're not quite the same athletes or maybe like me, like gangly arms or gangly legs swooping in to knock it away. So that's the way it felt like. He felt like he was playing it like a defensive midfielder, being mm-hmm. really aggressive to adjust for, you know, I'll, maybe I'll, I won't be as tight on my high line, but I'll back off initially so I can close down and let him receive the ball in a less dangerous area and, and immediately get rid of it too. So the the slight adjustments he made were were really impactful his his ability to pass the ball as well proved like pretty important in this one and yeah having him and virgil playing next to each other i mean i i actually like gomez and matip as like on the ball and and able to to play progressively but Fabinho's passing is at a little bit different level um, from them. So is this something that you think Jurgen will persist with in any non-emergency situation? Do you think there's a game this season where Fabinho starts at center back with Gomez or Matip available? I don't know. It might. I'd probably say it's going to dict like what happens in the midfield will dictate what happens with Fabinho. If we're playing Tiago in a six, which he got to, which he got to do <laughs> historically, yeah, uh, then maybe it, it pushes Fabinho back. But we also have to see too, like you know, it it was one performance, so there's so much into like consistency and partnership with back lines. My feeling with Klopp is, you know, even one game doesn't always earn it. But if Matip, if Gomez maybe are out for a spell, I don't know the extent of either. Mm -hmm. I could see Fabinho maybe like keeping his spot um, if the midfield is healthy and if the midfield is fine. But, you know, I don't know, like if Hendo's got a knock, you know, I I always like Naby. I'm not going to utter a bad word about him, but, you know, (laughs) maybe he hasn't had the impact for the first two games that we, we thought he might. But so I think the midfield's ultimately going to dictate that, but even to keep it, Fabinho's you still got to earn it, right? So I, I wouldn't even be surprised. It's a much less taxing position to see him feature maybe in the League Cup to keep that, um, yeah, the Caribou Cup League Cup to keep that going. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think it'll be dictated by the midfield. But I mean, I don't know. You kind of mentioned where you like Fabinho. Yeah, it's not in the back line. Yeah, and that's. I don't know. I'm torn on this because I think he was fantastic um, on on Sunday. But I don't know if I want him to be like pushed into service, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like, I don't want him to have to play center back week in and week out. Um, He's I mean, he showed that he's a fantastic option um, and with injury problems, between Matip and Gomez, I mean, they're pretty frequent. Like I'm not, yeah. they're not injury prone. I know that like 
that upsets people to hear like that a player is injury prone or whatever, but they, they spend a decent amount of time on the sidelines uh, with like minor um, knocks. So I think he'll be effective in that way where, when he can, when he can uh, jump in and it's nice to know that he's there, but I love what he can do in midfield in terms of either shutting teams down or when we need that like progressive passer. I mean, I think about his pass for Mane's goal against United. Um, Like when we need that playmaker from deep, like you could in theory play him and Tiago together and have just like a crazy midfield that covers all kinds of distance, but can still create double six, right? Not a double six. Is Klopp say the double six it warmed warmed my heart <laughs> with Nobby ahead of him? <laughs> that's that's is, the key. Is there? Here's the problem. We know Klopp loves Hendo. Hendo certainly earned his spot. Do you think there's this? We're not going to buy a center back because I've got to use Fabinho, and Klopp has Fabinho third. Not right now, but in his mind, third behind Hendo and Tiago. And so knowing that he'll, if he keeps a four, three, three, the only other place to use Fabinho is that center back. That's an, it's an interesting point. I, I don't, gosh, I'm not sure. I guess only Jurgen truly knows the answer to that question, but I think read his mind, (laughs) but I, I do think, I mean, we know that Hendo will get a, a, I mean, he'll get a lot of minutes in midfield. Yep. I think that's that's fair to say. We started like we started with a genie Hendo, Nobby, yep. midfield in this one. Um, so there's, gosh, I mean, with the midfield depth we currently have, it's <laughs> kind of it's kind of crazy to predict yeah. what the midfield will be um, each week. But I think. I don't know. I think uh, it could be that that he sees got to be in his mind center back as an opportunity yeah. for him. It's got to be. In his, I still think even with that, we need. I can't even remember who we were linked to, but you know, kind of a younger. It doesn't have to be immediate. Yeah, somebody to have some cover because God forbid, like something happens to Van Dyke, and I mean, you're just left so thin, right? That some sort of cover is needed. It's just knowing we have all those options with Fabinho being able to drop back, play a six, you know, Tiago Hendo, probably much more flexibility of playing a typical club, you know, eight or something like that. So, right. Yeah. We, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what's in store for Fabinho. Ozan Kabak is the, uh, the young midfielder that we were linked with who plays yeah. at Schalke. Um, and, uh, yeah, I share a birthday with him. Oddly enough, not the exact same day because he's like twenty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but March twenty fifth. So shout out way. to shout out to Ozan. Um, so the other, uh, and I think the main character, as far as the Gringos are concerned, of this match, Sadio Mane. Mm. Um, 
audio main. <laughs> he, I think he was, he was good throughout the match. Um, but we'll start the discussion at the moment in which he changed the match. Uh, and that was when he makes that run straight down the middle. Hendo plays that nice ball over the top towards him. Beautiful. And Andreas Christensen uh, left for dead. Left for dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally eliminated uh, whatever, sent to the gulag, uh, however you want to characterize it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mane, gets the, Mane gets the full kill. <laughs> um sent off and i mean first things first paul tierney i believe was a referee in this one if i'm remembering correct joke yeah oh yeah uh, yeah you are you are correct he is a joke um the initial decision being a yellow ridiculous the only i I won't harp on him too much but it was (laughs) i don't know if it was like i can't remember who but they did post before like uh, ref stats and analysis. Ah, damn. I, I can't remember who it was. I'll try to find, give him a shout out, but it was exactly that. Like he has one of the worst records in game mm-hmm. and uh, who is it? Is it Martin Atkinson? Who, I can't remember who was on VAR. Oh no. Michael Oliver, the Michael ledge, Oliver. Michael the ledge. Oliver. <laughs> oh, absolute lead big boy haircut and all for the yeah. last couple of years. But, they did. They called out like his track record horrible. It's going to come down to a, a, a VAR decision. I know you've been you've been championing the uh, you know the sideline video response yeah. too. But Kepa well, was just close enough to say maybe, but it, it was a horrible, horrible call. Rightfully sent off after review. Yeah, the screen has instantly improved VAR because. Let's be real. It did not take that long to overturn. Like as soon as he goes over to the screen, he sees it a couple of times. He comes back, you know, know. makes the square, the slow. It's kind of like the walk of shame now for the (laughs) officials where, you know, he really bollocks that. And then he had to come over and uh, make amends to it too. And they deserve it. You know what it's like? What's that? You know, we, we, we said we're going to keep this focused. And then what comes to mind is like, uh, I can't remember what it, one of Malcolm Gladwell's books where he's talking about, I think it's Gladwell, where he's talking about the decision-making of maybe Korean pilots and how throughout culture, the, <laughs> the upbringing in the culture doesn't allow them, if you're a co-pilot, even if you know something's wrong, you don't correct the pilot. I, I think it was, I think it was South Korean airlines. Um, and so th- this cultural thing was having an impact that planes were going down because nobody would speak up. And that's what happened basically with VAR before you had the sideline side screen because none of the other officials wanted to, you know, make their co-official feel that bad too. So <laughs> that's, that's how it's been playing out in my mind. And that eliminates that because you've got the comfort of, okay, basically in the year you fucked up go take a look at it, mm-hmm. <laughs> make it right. right. And then they get the chance to say, okay, I, this is my error, not another official doing it for him. It's inception. <laughs> because Malcolm Gladwell inception, yeah. either way you want to go. Because it's, it's telling the center official like, Hey, I think you may have missed this. Go take a look. And then he's like, 
this is my idea that I like, I'm now making the correct decision. No, what I'm not, I'm doing it because I want to, not because you told me to. Yeah. You kind of, you know, I kind of wake up. <laughs> oh, okay. that's it. It's convincing the set, the, the actual match official that it's his decision to change. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was Gladwell outliers is when they, when he <laughs> references the Korean airlines. So, so, but I think, you know, worth praising in that is Saudi Omane uh, spent most of the first half, like on the wing as he does um, just destroying people on the ball, like as he does. Um, but in doing so, he hadn't really gone through the middle the entire match and then he makes this run and Christian Christensen is just like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't think he could do that. <laughs> you know, like he's just completely <laughs> caught out. I didn't know I couldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's also this notion of, too, of like the consistent sides and the consistent consistency that we've shown. Like that opened up because like that that option isn't usually there, right? We're talking about Saudi making the run. Does he have the option to make it run, or are they just tracking back? You know, it's rare where we have time like that sort of time on the ball and the ability to get in behind the defense, right? So credit for Hendo to making the pass, credit for Sadio's speed, credit for Christensen being horrible, but that's just Chelsea's defense. So <laughs> that <laughs> the opportunity presents itself, Sadio melts him, and he rugby tackles him. Yeah. So Christensen sent off, it, it changes the match certainly, but I think for the amount that people are saying like, Oh, the, the red card completely changed things. And like Liverpool were able to just like boss the game from then on. Like that was already the pattern of the game. The game was bossed. Right. (laughs) Like I don't, it, it certainly made it easier, but it, it doesn't make it. That's not the reason that Liverpool dominated the game. They already were. Yeah. It yeah. was just a matter of the, I think being down to 10, obviously there's a little more space and a little less like pressing intensity from Chelsea, but all in all, it wasn't that different after yeah. the sending off aside from just a little more incisiveness on the part of Liverpool, maybe. Well, yeah, we, we we see it often. I even tweeted like as it's happening, like it went from we're dominating this game to it's now impossible for Chelsea, right? And right. <laughs> maybe they had a heartbeat when they thought when they got the penalty. We can chat about that. But, yeah. And, and Babu talks about often the the way that our style changes after we go up two goals, right? After mm-hmm. we have a lead, we try to you know play more conservatively, conserve our energy, which is completely you know, outrageous, even thinking back to Rogers' side where it was just like not necessarily full throttle, but just full forward all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, the first goal and even the second goal, we could have seen both of those a couple more times if we kept up that intensity, right? But we, we take the gas off because we've got to be able to sustain. But, but yeah, the game went from Liverpool, you know, dominating control to it was an impossible task for Chelsea to try to get back from the first goal is brilliant. Um, beautiful. And we'll talk about the, the man introduced in the second half, uh, to, 
to uh, Liverpool fans, but I don't know. I haven't seen a full, I haven't been able to find a full clip of the move and how many passes built up to that move oh. because there it, it's a lot longer than just that interchange between Bobby and Mo. Yeah. There's a cool clip of almost, I think it's almost like ground level mm-hmm. of, of the, the kind of primary interchange. Right. Yeah. We never have like, you know, the replay of the ding, 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 like pass, like one through 16 leading up right. to it before you get there. But no, beautiful goal. And I think obviously Sadio ends up on the end of it. And um, it's, I don't know that it's rare that we see a goal where all three of the front three, if you will, touch the ball in the, yeah. in the buildup and in the finish. Um, but the, Quick one, two between Bobby and Mo leading to that just Beautiful. shipped cross. Oh, the ball just. Yeah. And Sadio Mane of, of our front three, the best header of the ball. I, I, I used to say, I mean, it was semi jokingly, but it, it's not a joke. Yeah. The best header of the ball in the premier league. I thought you were going to drop world. Well, Best header in the world. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Apologies to any any scousers. Out yeah, there. sorry. <laughs> um, but that that move is a little different. To I mean, we haven't scored a ton of goals like that. I feel like we score plenty of of beautiful goals. But having so many players involved in the buildup and particularly for it to end in that quick interchange and that cross from Bobby to, to Sadio is such a, I don't know, it's not a rarity, but it's a, a, it's a precious gift. Oh, yeah. Whenever it occurs. Oh, yeah. I feel like it, they've been fewer and far between in the past season or so. But yeah, whenever we were running rampant, you know, scoring five, conceding three, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those are a little bit more common. But no, it's just you know, it's always there. It's always on the cusp. It's just whether or not, you know, I, and I will say this: I think it easily could have been four or five had Chelsea not kind of picked those out and recognized them. So kind of credit to their defense. You know, we 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 worked it easily through them that time. There were a few others where they seemed, whether it's Tiago, maybe Navi before others, they, they did kind of play that relatively well because it could have been, you know, we weren't just bombarding them, but we were trying to trying to score that type of goal every time. Right. And they did a pretty good job of, of picking out some of those interchanges too. But ultimately that, I mean, you know, we take it for granted. <laughs> We've seen it so much, right? right. So, it, you know, it almost takes back to the Chan goal a couple seasons ago where it's just, you know, this beautiful interchange, amazing cross and finish. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it did remind me of that, that goal against Hoffenheim that had mm-hmm. Jurgen running to the stands yelling, <laughs> that's football and pointing to the pointing to the, to the field like that. It, it really did feel like that because it was, it was so just beautiful in its construction that it, it had that, um, just that level of, you know, turning football into art. Um, 
And there was a yeah. nice little clip from the inside Chelsea or whatever, like the um, Liverpool's, uh, you know, like inside the stadium camera LFC crew and everything. TV yeah, LFC TV. Some, some um, sort of official, not official. Because not even, you don't even get that on the Snapchat or Instagram channels, right? right. They got to they switch off after, <laughs> yeah. There was a nice, uh, there's a nice moment in the celebration of that goal where Tiago actually runs over to Nabi and says something to him and then puts his arm around him. And I'm just like, that could be a thing. Like it's all, it's all I've ever wanted that type. (laughs) And we'll get more to Tiago in a second, but Sadio quickly after grabs the second goal and it's, from uh, you know as much of nothing as you can say and obviously Keppa very much to blame for being just a little bit lackadaisical and a little bit careless but the goal itself for all the criticism of Keppa is created solely by Sadio Mane oh yeah listen old school where he says like bird dog and Frankie and then he just runs out <laughs> like that that was like Mane flipped a switch where it was Remember like Robertson's like kind of cult hero moment against city where he's hounding everybody like steals the ball. Maybe if Sterling, like some ridiculous foul was called Sadia was in that mode for like, I don't know, 30 to 40 minutes of the second half yeah. where, <laughs> where it like, and it's, you know, it's almost just his mindset too. And I think it's throughout the squad of, you know, one or two times he gives the ball away and he's just on the war path to get it back. And yeah, yeah I mean, but let, let's not let Kep off the hook because he makes a, a horrible mistake, you know, again, in like tracking and reading, uh, it was it a misdirected pass or a tackle or something that solid track down and played mm-hmm. it in Firmino almost scored. So, you know, right. that already caught out and then it, it's just a horrible mistake. And it goes, I think you might've said something about it, but it was just like Chelsea are just committing to playing out from the back where it's like you're down a man. It, 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 yeah. it could have been a bloodbath and you know, that just highlights it. Like even, I don't know whether it was one of the rivals or what play would they like, just limp, lump it up, lump mm-hmm. it up, let, let Werner run on it. But they <laughs> refused. And it's almost just this, you know, it goes back to this tactical setup between, you know, Klopp and, and Frank. And it's just, just woefully outplayed, woefully outmanaged. Yeah. And I think a conversation maybe on a longer version of this show (laughs) would be (laughs) surrounding the fact that I think a lot of people, um, were, are ready to give credit to Lampard, but I don't think he does a particularly good job of managing (laughs) this game. Um, like I think he does pretty poorly. Um, despite the the adversity and the result is not like unexpected, like a two nil Liverpool win, you know, at 11 V 11 would not have been like shocking to anyone. I don't think, but the manner in which it happened is. And with the amount of talent, obviously on the field, I think that is would be more surprising and more like lending itself to okay, Frank, like you got this one wrong. Like, yeah, well, he, he got a lifeline in that, and it was even mentioned in that Guardian article of you know the press being kind to him throughout. What was it like 
Derby's like lack of promotion, pieces like that. He he kind of got a lifeline through the penalty, and he made the absolutely absurd claim that you know, well, if we don't give away a mistake, if we convert the penalty, you know. <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't do absolutes. He does <laughs> <laughs> ifs, buts, and maybe's. <laughs> buts and maybe's. But it, <laughs> but it was. I mean, it's just this. You know, he he had an opportunity to play a certain way. Whatever you're going to do, you you've got to get behind it fully. And you can tell he wasn't. It, it's an attacking team mm-hmm. that has defensive issues. A ton of quality throughout the squad, right. but clear issues last season that weren't addressed. We know we've been there. <laughs> and so it's just all about, like, I feel like United did it for years. Even Chelsea did it um, oh God, in, in one of their run-ups, too, where they recognize one or two pieces that they need. They go out and they fill those gaps rather than what's the Twitter picture of, like, the sports car, the family sedan, yeah. and then the broken-down vehicle at the back. Yeah. That's still kind of Chelsea right now. Yeah, and... and uh I always love the hypotheticals from a man who played in that, in that Moscow uh, champions league final against, (laughs) against United, because I mean, if Terry hadn't slipped, then they may have won, you know, and Cristiano Ronaldo would be like the ultimate scapegoat uh, of, of United fans, I guess. Um, But so the goals, the goals are all, are all, you know, due to or scored by Sadio Mane. Um, but the, the man that got the attention and the one that we were all kind of waiting for Tiago Alcantara comes on at halftime to replace Jordan Henderson. They said as a precaution, do you think that he was coming on like regardless? I, I thought he was for sure coming on. Like you don't put him in the squad if, you know, he's not a hundred million pound signing, but he is, you know, maybe he could be, <laughs> but it, he was definitely coming on at some point. I think Klopp picked out the perfect opportunity. I mean, even if it's, whether it's precautionary or just to give Hendo a rest, which uh, uh, I'm sure he could use it, right? Like management, it's effectively. So, but Tiago coming on, like Klopp recognized going down a man, Tiago would have the opportunity to do exactly what he did. Now, what he did was historic, and people be like, oh, you know, it's against 10 men. People have played, midfielders, like the city team has played against 10 men and a half before, and nobody kind of replicated that. So <laughs> we were all going wild. We recognize, this is what I love about the Liverpool fan base, not necessarily Liverpool Twitter, but they did this too. Right. Like we recognized we were going to go nuts for every single like five yard Tiago pass. We did. We just didn't know there would be that many of them. Right. He'd add like that level of sauce to it too. So <laughs> that's what I wanted to see. Like n- nobody has really, even we've seen it with Wijnaldum, the difference between him and, and, and the Dutch team, uh, even Naby coming from, you know, just um, incredible seasons and in the Bundesliga to here. And it's our midfield is more reserved, but it's almost like Tiago is just so good that Klopp just gave him a free pass to go out there and do no look passes just outside <laughs> of the boot flicks. And so he, that's what I loved about it. It wasn't just, you know, Tiago controlling the game simply, which of course he did, but he's also trying something too. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm nothing if not a fan of trying something <laughs> like Jimmy in men or yeah. 
Jimmy and I'm sorry, Independence Day. Where right. He says, I'm gonna try something. And then he ultimately crashes. He, yeah, he dad, dies. But. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> no, I think w- what you said, like just really when he came on, there was this level of kind of expectation of like, what are we about to witness? And I think, I think as with any Liverpool fan, there's that, there's that little grain where it's just like, mm, I'm not getting my hopes. You know, like uh, we'll see or whatever. And within, within two <laughs> passes, this man, I literally was, it was actually his fourth touch based on the video that Liverpool posted on YouTube of every touch of Tiago Alcantara's debut. Yeah. Um, we thought about analyzing all of them, yeah. but we opted for, but it was his fourth <laughs> touch of the ball was a pass where he is receiving the ball from the right hand side and he's facing the right as the ball is coming towards him. He opens his body back to face down towards Chelsea's goal. And then without looking, he plays a, just a whipped ball across his body out to Andy Robertson and just drops it right on his toe. This man had one training session. (laughs) He signed on Friday. Like he was announced on Friday. They trained on Saturday and he's, and he completes 75 passes on Sunday. Like (laughs) he shouldn't know where everyone is. Like he shouldn't know instinctively where the other players are on the field. He's never played with this team. Yeah. He's trained with them once and he knew where everybody was. He knew exactly the type of like passes to play. Like he was advancing the ball. He's breaking lines. And I'm just like, that when he played the pass to Robertson, I know we weren't watching together because of the desync of Peacock, <laughs> but I literally, I exclaimed, like, I just, I don't know what I said, but I was just yeah. like, oh my God, like yeah. out loud. a noise or a grunt yeah, or, or a moan, something, yeah. something came out. <laughs> like Ron Swanson getting his, <laughs> getting his shoes polished. <laughs> like that was, that was me. Uh, watching Tiago pass pass the ball, and it's just like this. This dude, he's. It's not so much that obviously he comes on and he has this. He has this kind of like fun to watch debut. But I think what's more, um, intriguing about it, and what's more like exciting about his him joining, is that we don't we have a lot of very talented midfielders, yeah. but we don't have anybody who can advance the ball like him. Like mm-hmm. he can take whole teams out of the play with a pass and yeah. we can do that on occasion. I mean, Hendo played that ball over the top for Sadio, but that's a ball into space. Like that's, you know, like you're kind of putting it in an area for Sadio, you know, Sadio is going to get on the end of it. Yeah. Tiago is playing these like, Sometimes he's whipping the ball out to the flanks, which gives our fullbacks a chance to run onto it. And sometimes he's playing these flat balls through the midfield to break the lines and like get, you know, get in behind and and everything. And I'm just like, we don't have a guy who has that Mm. level of 
variation, I guess. And the, the like confidence to go out there in his first game and be like barking orders <laughs> and calling for the ball and like pointing yeah. like where people should pass it. Um, the, the level of confidence is next level. Yeah. The, the level of skill is next level. And I just don't know that we've ever signed a player. I think it demonstrates the difference yeah. in signing a guy at Tiago's level who is like an established world-class player and the type of signings that we normally make, which are growth signing, like guys who are, who are, we expect to get to that level. Yeah. Um, but they don't come with that like tag or whatever. This guy comes with like the certified pre-owned. Like this is like, he is like <laughs> 500 point, ex- 500 point inspection. He's unreal. And it's crazy. I could talk about him for two more hours. Well, if you think about too, what, what's different by the way that he advances play, who, who would you say is probably the more, I don't know, progressive or dangerous midfielder that we have not thinking Tiago. Just off the bat, who who's the more like aggressive, creative midfielder that we have? Well, I mean, it's Nobby and Ox. Yeah. Like, are the yeah. two that even try to do that? I would say yeah. most but often. In, in how did they they advance the ball? Primarily off the dribble, mm-hmm. right? They're both creative. They both can play a through ball. They both can play it over the top. I think Hendo Fabinho kind of over the top balls, but th- those are going to be few and far between. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about how Klopp's team is structured, there's a high level of risk involved with the way Nabby or even Ox will progress the ball, right? Because if you dribble it, you give it away, you're immediately out of position. You pull that six over to try to cover, which then opens up the space. Like Tiago's just picking out passes, like breaking lines without, without it being off the dribble, right? So through that, even if it's given away, it's almost like the same thing we do a kickoff, right? Hoof it over to like, you know, Robbo's corner or something like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so there's, there's this level of protection because even though he, he had a few errant passes, a few giveaways, yeah. but everybody's still in position. And I think that's what makes it so dangerous. And what we don't have is that there, there was one, he's got this ability to pass where it, it just catches you by surprise, right? Like even Hendo's ball, like you, you kind of see that coming, right? Mm-hmm. Verge can play that ball. Fabinho plays that ball a million times, but with Tiago, you're just like, that's where the gasp or the moan comes, comes from <laughs> because you just, you don't see that, right? He's operating right. on another level that we just don't see. And then when it comes through, you, you know, you grunt. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. His, uh, I think some of his passing actually did catch our players uh, like out at times um, where I think a couple of the errant passes, he plays it to a run that he wants that didn't happen. Um, So I think he's, (laughs) he's an optimist in many ways, but I think as I think that's almost where the inexperience with this team showed um, was in those moments where he was playing a pass that was more aggressive than what, than what was expected. So like, um, yeah, I think, I think uh, there were a lot of question marks about, okay, well, we've got a lot of midfielders. We've got like, we've got these quality players. We've got Genie, we've got Hendo, we've got Nobby, we've got Ox, we've got, uh, you know, even Curtis Jones now breaking into the team. Like is Tiago going to like 
change anything or like add anything. And I think it's pretty clear that he changes everything, like in terms of how the midfield can function. Yeah. And and the flexibility of it too, right? So even just out and out by far could dominate in, in, in a six role that Klopp has, but also even just whispering that double six, two, we hinted at the same thing of what happens in a four, two, three, one, that even with Minamino and others, you've got a lot more flexibility. And so we've got a midfield core that, that can help that. But no, Tiago is just, you know, the, the bar was set incredibly high and he, I don't know, picked it up and used it as a javelin and just <laughs> pierced Chelsea in the heart. So <laughs> he does have his one, his, his one moment. Uh, he gives a penalty away uh, on, uh, the other end, uh, Timo Werner goes down pen for you. Did, did he, did he give away <laughs> a pen? I mean, a foul was called. A penalty was called. We're not doing heroes or villains, but you know, my villain was, you know, the, <laughs> he who shall not be named yeah. on Twitter, but it, <laughs> no, like we never get that United maybe get it. Uh, I, I, I can't, I can't see contact. Something happened, but no, no, it's, it's not a pen, but yeah, he went out there like with something to prove and like, I'm going to play aggressive. I'm going to play this way. Um, But yeah, definitely had a couple chances too, where, well, was it Mount or Werner? I can't remember who it was too, but even a coming together in the box late in the game too, Mm -hmm. where Tiago was there too. So it shows the aggressiveness as well. Yeah, but no, like Tierney just just begging, begging <laughs> to give that away. That the thing for me about Verner's is that one, if contact is made with his trailing leg, if that's what it is, like his his leg is in the air and Tiago makes contact it with it, he plants his foot and then plants fully. his next foot fully and then goes down. Yeah. So like he gets a shot away. Yeah. <laughs> Full stride gets a shot away. He he easily could have like I don't think it have it impacted him in any way. Um quite honestly, like I think he feels it and feels like he can go down and that's well within his prerogative, but the bottom line is that I anyone who is convinced that that's a penalty and I had this conversation with someone on Twitter as well. Anyone who's convinced that that's a penalty, I want them to contact me the next time that a defender has hands on Mo Salah in the box and Which happened earlier in the game. Right. And so not is, even, not even a whiff of it. Is that going to be now called because, Oh, well you can't make contact or whatever. It's like, okay, we can play this game, but Liverpool will also earn like 47 penalty kicks this season. Like yeah. you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So I, I think I, uh, I'm not sure, you know, about the um, circumstances surrounding it, but Allie steps oh. up and saves his Ooh. first penalty as Liverpool keeper. Is it his first? Because he's got a, like a surprisingly good rate. And I don't, <laughs> maybe he just doesn't, we don't, we don't give too many away. We don't we, concede many penalties. <laughs> yeah. You know, credit, credit to the almighty verge for that one. But yeah, we don't, so, but he actually has a pretty good track record. So, 
no, this was good, especially I think a weird United section of like United Twitter were happy about it. Mm -hmm. But I was happy because, you know, it's a loss for the kind of run up and skip penalty style. Um, But apparently some United fans were happy about that. But no, Alec, just huge, like especially after what the, the loss to Arsenal and, you know, Oh, this notion that I can't stop any. So right. confidence has got to be busting right now. Yeah, it it was great to see. And yeah, like you said, there was this weird interaction or whatever on Twitter where United fans were celebrating Jorginho missing because he has the same he does the same skip as Bruno Fernandez. But like I didn't understand that. Uh nor yeah. will I. Uh there's yeah. really no <laughs> If if There's your no club is at the United Twitter, if your club is at the level where you're celebrating your biggest rival saving a penalty in a game <laughs> that it's not like it's not like United are you know like going for the title and if Liverpool get a win they take points off of you know City who are like yeah. next closest it's the second game of the season yeah. and they're celebrating strictly because they've been made fun of so much for all of the penalties that they have been awarded and all of the penalties that Bruno Fernandez scores that <laughs> when Jorginho missed, they said, see, not so easy from the penalty spot. <laughs> like that was their, they're like, the worst. They're the worst. <laughs> I can't, uh, like I remember what it was like to be in the banter era of a club, but I just hope we never ever go back. Uh, and the way we never are, reach that level, no. we never reach that level. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, so Liverpool see off Chelsea. Um, I think it, this this win was a pretty big statement in terms of the. As we talked about, like every team is going to have to set up to defend. Uh, and try to hit us on the break. Like this is going to be the game plan that we face. And now with a guy like Tiago, uh, who's able to spray passes around, that's not that great of a strategy (laughs) because he's basically been doing breaking down those defenses who want to hit on the counter for years in the Bundesliga, because that's all Bayern face. So he's well practiced in this, in this art. And it was, that's why I liked that, you know, the trying something mode, because even after Klopp, I think it was after where Klopp said, like, that's one reason why we brought him in, right? We need to be more creative against sides that are so compact against us too. So seeing that gave me hope that there's going to be, because we still haven't seen it. I mean, it's not that we're not trying, but it's tough mm-hmm. to break down any premier lead side. That's going to put, you know, you know, 11 men behind the ball. So having Tiago in that position with, you know, basically the green light to create and go for something, you know, f- fills me with joy. The, the angle I hadn't really thought of too, is Tiago in the center, probably in certain matches opens up space for more space for Trent and Robbo to create from the wings. If someone's yeah. trying to Even really seeing- close down the the center of the center of the park yeah well because you'll you'll have to because there's gonna almost like the way that you know they used to play what what was it 14 15 when we switched gerard to a six 
not we, Brendan. <laughs> and, and it was like, oh, wow, he can play this. And then it was, you know, teams to set up to, to close him down and he just shut down too. Yeah. So that you either let him create from deep or he'll distribute to, Hen, or to Robertson or Trent. And we saw that too, right? We saw that with this distribution. We saw where he wants them to go and just putting them in more dangerous places. So mm-hmm. that, yeah, that, that, that's definitely a highlight to see what, what he's going to be able to create going forward too. So a solid, a solid win for the Reds uh, at Stamford Bridge. Dub. Easy, Easy dub. dub. <laughs> Easy dub. Light work. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the, the sterner tasks are, are still to come, and that is an away trip in the, in the Caribou Coffee Cup Whew. to Lincoln City. Uh, the, uh, the Red Imps um, of Lincoln. Uh, so... We won't dive into it too much because we're like we're getting we're getting dangerously close to spiraling into a full like full length episode. Um, yeah, I'm on drink three. We yeah. said two drink minimum. Already <laughs> up to three. So my lone question in preview of this match is: We know that Klopp is going to rotate. We know he doesn't take the domestic cup seriously. He never really has. Um, but the league cup against Lincoln, who is one player that you really need to see in this lineup? All right. I'm going to give it to you. I don't think you're going to predict it. Okay. I need to see. I think a lot of people on Twitter need to see Brewster. Proof of life. Is that (laughs) we need proof of life? We need to know he's not going anywhere. That's, I so I was I um, I was definitely like interested in in kind of the direction, but I I'm not I'm not too shocked that you've gone Brewster. Yeah, I need him. I need him in my life. I do you think that do you think that he sticks around this season, or do you think he tries to get first team like a like a Premier League loan versus going back to the Championship or? there's some pretty heavy smoke. So I'm assuming whatever links, I wasn't sure if it was palace or anybody else, but um, what was the most recent one was, is it palace that he's heavily linked to that? I would hate the idea of him having to go play for Hodgson, but palace look actually pretty good. Obviously uh, they played, you it was only United. So yeah, come on. We'll temper, we'll temper our expectations. club. No, I, I, Listen, if you've got a shot to go to a Premier League club, like obviously with Palace, like, come on, it, you know, you've, it's you or Benteke. So you're <laughs> a sure thing. But I, I don't know. It's just we're at a different level now where for years we, you know, we kind of bought small and hope that they would come to that. So I think we, we're still even with uh, who made their way was a Hoover that made his way to Wolves in place of what? Is it Jota? Jota? It, how's the J pronounced? Jota. Jota. Okay. So Portuguese. All right. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like him coming in for big money and Uber going out for 10, it's like, it's a different level now, right? So uh, that's what I do love and appreciate the sentiment that's associated with it. But, you know, 
what did you tweet? We're linked with Mbappe now. So <laughs> there's as football Twitter said, there's levels to this, yeah. you know, and, and it's almost like a different level. So we, we can't be too emotionally attached, but clearly Brewster shows some signs. Um, yeah. I, you know, it, it's clear that he's got the finishing ability to be in the premier league, whether or not it pans out, we'll see. I would love for that to be Liverpool, but yeah, I don't know. I think we'll probably stick with Firmino and Origi or yeah. Minamino probably instead of Origi. Yeah. Yeah. Brewster, maybe it, it was rumored that Palace are going to bid for him. I don't think it's a loan. It seems like they were bidding like full on, for, full on with know. buyback though. So right. that's, but oh, Mikey's again, Mikey's not letting Rian out the door without some kind of some kind of clause. I, I've been bur- burned before by Jordan Ibe, so I think <laughs> I've had a buyback. Yeah, we passed really on that, that unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Brewster maybe maybe joining up with uh, Manteke. Mm, yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, that's what you want. In a old school flat four four two. Oh yeah. No diamond. No diamond. No diamond. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, <laughs> the uh, I I'm I'm torn, um, but about who I who I want to see. Um, but I think I have. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, the one we really want. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the one we really want? Jota. Jota. Oh, I mean, I'd love to see. I'd love to see Jota. Um, Not just drop forty mil, and at least we don't. <laughs> it's like, shouldn't you be able to come into the game and just act like you've played here for five years? Like, yeah. Our most recent signing before you yeah. was aren't, able to. Aren't do. you a world classics? <laughs> you are. Yeah, I don't know. He could. I'm sure he could go out and just absolutely ruin Lincoln, but um, like without <laughs> without training or whatever. But um, the the player who I'm interested in about their future, and I think this game might have something to say is Marco Grujic. I didn't see that coming because I you were going to say Taki. Oh, I, I mean, Taki. like Taki, so, we know Taki's future, but I think Taki is close enough to the first team that we're going to see him. I think we'll see him start premier league games this season. Yeah. Um, not, not super regularly. And I'd say he's more of an injury like cover or whatever, but I think yeah. there will be games where he starts in, instead of Bobby, like to rest Bobby. Um, so I think we know I'm interested to see if Marco Grujic is a, like the cup guy, like, are they literally keeping him around so they can put, <laughs> so they can put, you know, like genie and Tiago and mothballs for the cups. Like, yeah. um, and is it going to be like, <laughs> is ox going to be like a cup guy like that's I'm I'm concerned like for for old Alex Oxlade Chamberlain because yeah. I think he's got a place but I don't know is, is he he's not healthy though right no he's hurt right now yeah so but it's kind got, of a moot point but I like that but Marco of a 40 million dollar signing you and I are opting for 
two random the, youths. The heartfelt, like, <laughs> play the youths, right? But even though Yota is the same, but yeah. we, we do have a lot of question marks. Like, is Harry Wilson still at the club? Yes. I don't know. I believe he is. Okay. Still is yep. for how much longer? We don't know. Right. Is Harvey Elliott a winger or a midfielder? I think he's... I think he's the spiritual successor to Mo Salah. Yes. Okay. And then, but then we've got Cujo, who is mm-hmm. clearly midfield material, yeah. according to Klopp. Yeah. So, I, so I, a think, lot of use, I think he'll play for sure. I think Cujo starts 100% against Lincoln. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, I like that we're sticking with, you know. <laughs> well, I think it's mostly. Or, I think I think it's mostly for like. <laughs> it, I, it's stupid to keep using war zone uh, like analogies, no, but it's, it's like picking up a bounty, <laughs> right? Like it's not a UAV. Like it's not going to tell us everything. It's not going to show us exactly where they're at. But it's just like, give me something, like, give me some kind of idea of what's going on. (laughs) I at least need to know what's going on with this one guy over here. Um, And, and I think, I think Garuch probably departs. Like, I don't, I don't think that he's going to stick around, but I do think that he had a good season in the Bundesliga last season for her to Berlin. So I, you know, I'm not sure what that means in terms of Klopp. Um, and if he sees him as a depth guy that can play in the cups and like be on the bench just to react to Hendo screamers, um, <laughs> like that's, you know, I don't know if that's his role. Um, I'm okay with that role, but yeah, I said, if he, if he can't do it, then if Costas Samikas can do it, then the 12 mil will have been worth it or whatever. That's all we need. Oh, Final thought, too, about other sure. question marks. Jordan Shakiri, like, <laughs> how, at, at some point, maybe in the near future, hopefully not too, I, I might explore, like, you know, whatever hair plug option, but not his. Like, he, no. he, the man's been on the sidelines <laughs> for eight months. <laughs> I, I'm assuming it's due to the plugs. With hair plugs. Plug surgery, o- Plugola. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I really do think like it was the timing of everything was so crazy um, that he goes, he goes uh, like he's injured and he's not in the team. He comes back for one game against Everton with a full head of hair. Beautiful. Like, you know, something you could really <laughs> grab onto. And, and then doesn't play, it doesn't play again. Like it was so bizarre in so many ways. So that's another good one. Maybe, maybe he plays, I don't know. Like maybe Klopp just doesn't play anybody who normally starts like, um, although I do get shades of Shrewsbury in the, in the FA cup when we were just like absolutely shocking, um, in the, uh, in the away, you know, the, the, um, the first game before the replay, We were just absolutely horrible. Um, so I don't know. Like, hopefully we can put it together. But um, maybe I, it's like we go full, full you. Like, Wilson's out there. Is Woodburn still healthy? I think he's still a part of the <laughs> I team. I think Woodburn, I think Woodburn actually <laughs> agreed to move somewhere. 
Oh, did he? All right. I was going to say he's going to be in there. Like it's going to be went to the Netherlands or something like that. Or maybe I had a FIFA dream. Maybe sounds like a FIFA move, which is like a fever dream, but yeah, I think we're going to see. Oh, just alone though. It's just alone. I thought he was out permanently. Hmm. He was loaned to Sparta Rotterdam. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're, we're going to see, we're going to see the B, C and D squad rolled out there. Maybe Carius gets a run out, but probably Adrian. <laughs> probably Adrian. <laughs> that probably. would be what a swan song for Loris Carius that would be. Do you think Loris Carius spends the rest of the season at the club or do you think he gets moved? I don't know. Nobody really wants him, right? They didn't really want him in Turkey. They yeah. kind of kept him. Probably Mikey <laughs> Edwards working his magic there again, but honestly, I, I have no idea. I, I feel bad. He's a handsome, he's a good looking guy. You keep him on the bench. The cameras cut to him. Yep. You know, the ladies of football Twitter are happy and some of the men, but you know, yep. either way. Yeah. IG lit as well. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> oh my God. There are times when you send me messages where I don't know if it's a typo or just something I don't understand. <laughs> I'll have to go back and share. I'll, I'll share it on. I'll share it on the two red gringos. Um, something where I just kind of awkwardly laugh because I'm too embarrassed to ask you what that really means, or if it's just oh a typo. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, anyways, well, this has been the quote unquote shorter version of of the two red gringos. We're trying this new cleaner. <laughs> format where we we only get off on like 30 minutes of tangents instead of like two full hours um so if you have enjoyed the episode uh you can follow us on social media at two right gringos on twitter and you can find our podcast on pretty much all of the major podcast platforms apple podcasts uh google podcasts as it's now called and uh spotify the personal the personal fave of the gringos and Spotify. If you're listening, um, you know, hit up your boys. Um, but yeah, check us out there, follow, subscribe, whatever the platform says. And if you can leave a review, uh, that'd be cool, but we're pretty much doing this for fun at this point. So who cares? Uh, but yeah, enjoy, uh, enjoy, enjoy the scotch. Yeah. Hats all out and uh, <laughs> and until next time, uh, adios. Adios. I'ma take my girl to Dior this week. All my bitches slim, thick, and athletic. She ain't my girl and she ain't got a pedic. All my bitches gotta fit my aesthetic. She ain't your girl, she right here.